something right now. I want you to close your eyes and just lift your hands to the Lord right now in an attitude of submission. And I want us to sing the whole house of God. Here I am, Lord. And I remember in a way back, I remember that same presence and I felt that right here, that same presence of the Lord. And it's more than a song, it's a drawing. And some of you are being drawn to him and I know that's so real. And he's saying, and I heard that sound and it wasn't just a song, it was a sound of God in the heart and he's calling for you. He said in Matthew 11, all that you are heavy and burdened, come unto me, and I'm going to give you some rest. There's some folks in this house that you need rest, and you hear the draw of God, and you're really feeling it. And you're feeling him draw you, and you're beginning to weep, and you're beginning to hear him say, come back to me. Come on. Come on to me. And we're going to sing this right now, but those of you that he's drawing, I want you to make your, your way up here right now. And let him set you free from any condemnation, let them set you free from bondages, habits that you haven't been able to overcome, let them set you free from any contention and strife in your life, let them set you free. If you're hearing that draw, and I know you are, I want you to come on up and just say, here I am, right here, and watch, thank you, Jesus, and watch the Lord begin, yeah, thank you, Lord, yes, thank you, Lord, yes, there's more of you in here, I don't care how small the group is, you feel the draw, you just respond right now, you need freedom. From yourself, you need freedom from some habits. You need freedom. He's drawing you by his presence. Just respond to him now and watch what he undoes as you act in faith and just come to him. Just come to him. Just come to him. Yeah, just come to him. Just come to him. Just come to him. Come to him. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Here I am. We're all worshiping full presence of God. Here I am, Jesus. I come to be set free. I come to be made right. I come to be liberated. I'm coming to you right now. I'm not ignoring your draw. I'm not ignoring your call. My obedience to your draw right now sets me ahead for the next few years of my life. You and Jesus right now. Forget about the person that's next to you. Forget everybody in this room. Just come unto him right now. Let's lift it up. Let the Lord finish ministering to his kids, to his people. We're here, Lord. We're here for you. We're here because of you. We're here for you. Now bring your presence and bring refreshing to those responding to you right now, Jesus. 
Walk among us in a real dynamic way. Begin to touch hearts. Here I am, Lord. Let's lift it up with our hearts. More than a song, it's the meaning of our hearts. Every saint of God in this house, worship him. Let his presence be magnified through you and into this corporate house. saturate your people. We surrender to you, Lord Jesus. Let your presence refresh us. Let your presence liberate us. Move in this house. Move among people. Excellent presence. And in this presence, I want you to break up in groups of two or four and grab your neighbor's hand. I want you to begin to do what we're talking about the body of Christ is ordained to do. There was four men that helped open the roof so their brothers could be healed. If you have a brother around you that needs to be well and healed, I want you to grab their hands and say, you know what, maybe I don't have a need. But you got a need, and I want to open that roof for you that you could touch Jesus in a real way. I want to open that roof with you. I want to scratch that thing open. And I'm here to do my part. I'm here to aid and assist. If you don't have a need, pray for that person. It says that there was four brothers that had a friend that needed, that he, he wasn't well enough to, to touch the Lord that way. So they came and helped him. And they began to carry him in to that place. They began to open the roof and open heaven for him. Pray for one another. Pray for one another.
friend. Open that roof for him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praying for one another. worship him will you <laughs> just worship him just worship him let his presence fall on you let his presence fall on you let his presence fall on you fall lord let your presence fall on people in here let them get out of the cerebral jesus into a worship of heart and spirit and truth leave your mind leave your cerebral thinking we worship god in spirit and in truth that's why the Bible says lay hold of eternal life. You can't do that with your mind. You've got to do that with your heart. Apprehend, the Bible says, what apprehends you, the Lord. You can't do that with your head. Your head's not made that way. Your head's made to think, not touch God. Let him minister to you. Lord, minister. You're not done. You minister to people right now. Listen to what David said. If you just have your eyes closed. My prayer is counted as an incense before you, Lord. Psalms 141. The lifting of my hands as an evening offering 
If you want to do that with your eyes closed, just lift your hands in this holy moment between you and God. David said, For still my prayers against the wicked deeds of, the, of my enemies. When my spirit's overwhelmed within me, David said, You show me the path in the, way, the ways I'm to walk. I cried out to you, O Lord, and said, You're my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I stretch out my hands to you, and my soul longs for you in a parched land. These are all prayers of David. Let your sons in their youth be as grown plants, and our daughters as corner pillars, fashioned as a palace. Let your garners be full and furnishing every kind of portion. That's a prayer. These are prayers of David. Amen? I want you to pray them. I want you to pray them. I want you to pray that. I want you to do that in this holy presence. In this holy moment between you and God, things begin to change. You, you begin to touch him with your heart. Forget your mind. I'm telling you, he's not a cerebral Jesus. He's not that way. People all the time, they try to touch God with their mind. You cannot touch God with your mind. Your mind is made to aid your spirit. Your spirit's the only thing big enough to lay hold of Jesus Christ, Paul said. Laying hold of eternal life. Apprehending what's apprehending. All those terms, I grasp and I lay hold of. How? With your human spirit. That's what you're doing right now. So lay hold of them, will you? You lay hold of them. Nothing breaks me down more. You know, I see my wife coming up here. She's been battling battles, fighting fights, and then comes right here. I don't even know what she brought in here. She weighs 90, 91 pounds. This chain probably weighs 91 pounds. Not 91, probably 40. I'd be one strong joker. And she brought that with her wee little self and saying, if there's a time in God when we're saying break every chain, let me drop that and let chains be broken. Just right there. That's a person that's hungry for God, pursuing God. Amen? It just breaks me down. And if you need to, you need to hear that sound, some of you need to hear that sound. She brought it, barely could carry it here. And we're singing, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. It's more than a song. In, the, in, in his name, break every chain. You need to hear that in your life. Whether you've had difficulties with addictions, whether you had difficulties in your marriage, let the chain be broke. And if you can't do it for that for yourself because you're too self-conscious, then thank God with me and thank God with my wife that the chains of cancer are broken. Thank God, will you? Thank God. If you can't thank him for yourself, thank him for her life. Thank him that he's shown himself notable. He's shown himself real. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And if you can't do that, you want to join yourself to that. And you want to, if you want to come up here, I don't care. The foolish thing comes down the wire. Say, thank you that chain's broken over my life in this area. Thank you that chain's broken over Anna's life. Cancer's broken. Every chain. Whatever that, whatever that area you need broken.
Hallelujah. The Bible says that he teaches my hands to war. He teaches my fingers to fight. If nothing else, put your hands together and begin to worship him with clapping. He teaches my fingers to fight. teaches my hands to war. And as you're clapping, whatever area that you're struggling with, say, God, you're freeing me of that. You know what it is between you and God. You know what it is. You know the area. Go ahead and be seated. And then just let God keep speaking to you. 
You need to hear some things. That's how you hear them in a corporate meeting. Some impression, a very clear thought. Let him minister to your heart. Let him have his fullness of, of ministering through song. Can you mutter that? Yeah. Psalms 145, verse 1, if you would. I'm going to read it together. Psalms 145, verse 1. If you have your Bible, if not, it will be up on the board. I will extol thee, my God. I will worship you, my God, my King. I will bless your name forever. Next verse. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name. Say, praise your name. Praise your name forever and forever. Every day, say that. Every day. Tell your neighbor on the right. Every day. Every day I'm going to praise you, God. Every day I am. Every day I'm going to praise you. That's not a religious thing. That's a God thing. Every day I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to praise your name. Not only am I going to praise you, I'm going to praise your name. And we're exalting his name last week, and we're exalting his name again. Amen today. His name is exalted. The Bible says through the Apostle Paul, far above all, say all, principalities, powers, rulers in darkness. Say, I'm not using his name in vain. I'm using his name for what it's ordained. God the Father ordained the name of Jesus. And the Lord himself said, I'm going to leave this earth but I'm not leaving you without comfort, and I'm not leaving you without my name. And I'm saying, here too, from now on, whatever you want in prayer, ask it in my Because I'm up here, and I'm in you by spirit, but I've left you my name instead of me being here. Use my name, and I'm here. Say, in the name of Jesus. See, that's not a fable. That's a reality. He delegated us his name. And he said, I will... Every day will I bless you and I will praise your name. Say your name forever. Can you do that? Can you praise his name forever? Will you do that right now? Just say, Lord, I praise your name. Would you put your hands together? Lord, I praise your name. I'll praise it forever. I'll praise your name forever. When men want to put your name down, when society wants to erase who you really are and your identity, I'm exalting your name because I'm part of your body and I'm part of the living church to change society. Amen? Say he won't be erased in Washington. His identity won't be erased by men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? His voice will not be silenced in our nation, among our children's children. His voice won't be silenced through you. Tell your neighbor, through you. Say, I got to open my mouth. Isaiah said, I got to make a peep. I got to say something. So I'll exalt his name. Every day I'll praise him and I'll exalt his name forever. The book of Acts makes it real clear. I think it was Peter and John. They were at, the, they were at this door and this gate and they saw... A lame person and they said and they said hey silver and gold have I none right but such as I have give I unto you in the name what is what do they have in the name 
Peter wrote later in the epistles, he said, these adjectives Peter uses, his blood is precious. These great adjectives and descriptive words from an ignorant fisherman that's been with God. And he said, I don't got a whole bunch of money. I don't drive a big fine car. <laughs> Sounds like a song. <laughs> I got everything. Yeah, that's an old song. But he said, in the name of Jesus, I got, the name has been delegated to us. We got to apply it. Say apply it. I told you last week, some of you apply the name. He's in the name. He said, all that I am, when you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, from now on, all that I represent, all that I am, I'm going to back when you say my name. So they said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have given unto you in the name of Jesus. Say, in the name of Jesus. He said, rise up and walk. Right? And then later they got attacked. And later they got charged. And they asked them. And Peter says this. If you're charging me for standing here because this person's well, do you think we did it by our own power or our own holiness or our own greatness? I'm telling you we didn't. But we've been given a name and we've been delegated this name and we've learned how to apply it to our situation. And he said, that's why we stand here. By, this man stands well, perfectly well before us all. By faith, say by faith, in the name of Jesus. And by power in that name. The real Greek says, how is he standing here well? By the power of and in the name of. Say that with me. By the power of and by the name of. By the power of and by the name of. That's how you're exalting his name. But you got to say it, you got to speak it, you got to apply it. We didn't come to religion, right? We came to Zion, a living God, a God who speaks to his people, and a God that gave his name. And in his name, it says, heaven and earth, under no other name where men might be saved. There's no other way a man's going to heaven but bowing the knee and confessing the name of Jesus. He can't confess the name of Allah, he can do all he wants, but it's the name of Jesus only. That's it. No other name. Say no other name. In heaven on the earth has been ordained by God the Father, but the name of Jesus. No other name can heal a body. You know that? I go to doctors and I get miserable every time I go. My wife, we've got, I'm going to give you a testimony. We first started going to that doctor, and I, and I love doctors. Yeah, I love them. But what they say is incurable, right? What, what, what can I do with incurable? They, they can't heal. They can help assist right but ultimately it's god the only name that people can be saved say jesus the only name people can be healed i mean healed jesus and i, I remember when we first started these treatments and what they began to say and we're, we use the, the faith in the name of jesus and we use medical doctors we use everything god gave us amen and they were saying i remember that day it was a dark day and that wasn't very long ago i don't know where she went okay but they, he began to say, I don't know if I could really help you with this. I don't know. I'm going to throw the kitchen sink at it. I don't know if this is basically treatable with what I've got. So we say, it's okay. Because our faith is in God ultimately. He's going to heal. He heals her body. Amen? Amen? By faith in the name. Say, by power. By what do you do? that? By what power and by what faith? By what power and in whose name? That's Jesus Christ. And that's how we exalt him in our lives. Amen? So we went back, I think, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, there was a time when she wasn't even able to swallow and able to eat. That's why they had put in a feeding tube. But she went there and she already began to begin to eat. And he said, well, that looks like a good thing. But he did the MRI and he told us, this, 
this tumor that was this size is now this size. This is this way is now this way. This was that was 30 is now five. This she could eat. She could drink. Amen. So I appreciate medical what they do. But they're, they're practicing medicine. They got years of practice, but ultimately God has the final say. So he said, and I said, I, I thank God for that. And he said, yes. This doctor said, yes, God is good. And God is with you. Amen. And I'm, we've been believing as a church. And I'm not going to make this about me or Anna, but I'm just going to give a testimony of God. And that's what's going on in the house. We've got burdens going on. We're taking the heart of God on in this church. I don't care what it looks like right now. When God gives his burdens, that means he trusts his people. Burdens are delegation of his weight. Here's what's on my heart, son. Here's what's on my heart, daughter. This is what I care about. Amen? Burdens. Say burdens. And then he's given us testimonies. And we're hearing testimonies all the time this last two months. The testimonies of God. Say testimonies. Listen to this. Verse 11. Verse 6. Men shall speak of your power. This Psalms 145. Men shall speak of your power, of your awesome acts. I'm going to go higher and finish this. I, I, I had something planned in John 9 and 10. If I get there, fine. If I don't, I don't really care. As long as God's name is exalted. Amen. Great is the Lord. Verse 3. And highly to be praised. And his generation... His greatness is unsearchable. Verse 4. One generation shall praise your works. Say one generation. Shall praise your works to the next generation, to another generation. Bear with me. I'm going to praise God for his works, generation. I, I told Anna when I came in, we, had, we heard good reports. And, of course, you get the gloomy reports with those good ones. And Jimmy said, what are you, how are you doing today? I said, I'm taking some darts out. Because as good as the report is here, they always give me another, se uh, another verbiage here. And then no matter what, you exchange things in words. I say, thank God. He said, God is good and he's with you. But he, he also tells me, hey, this could happen. And hey, that could happen. And I, and I got to go, yeah, okay, it could. Because with every word that is spoken, there's an image that we're given. When you hear the word of uh, Jesus cares about you and loves you, an image of that happens. That's why we're not to worship false images, but the image of God. And when you say he's healer, he shows up in the image of healer for your life. When on the flip side of darkness, you get a word and they say, hey, hey, this could happen or that could happen. Those words produce an idol or an image. And everything speaks. You've got to pull that out of your heart. And I thank God for this body of Christ. And I thank God for men like Tom. Where would he go? Oh, he's up there. Tom, let me tell you, this is another testimony. Say, I'm testifying. Listen. Say, this is what I'm doing right here. Men shall speak of your power to another generation. I'm going to tell you about his power. I want, you to, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Say, a miracle. And I was praying this the other day. A miracle. God, release more miracles for the people here. Release more miracles. It's already happening. You know what a miracle is? And I'm not lowering it. It starts here, but it goes all the way up here. But a miracle is simply God's power. Say, God's power. In operation, in an impossible situation with us. I've seen God's power, a miracle, in an impossible situation with a couple that was here last week. When they were married young, got divorced, and the girl said, I'll never, I don't care if God showed up himself, I'm not coming back. Got married to someone else. That crashed and burned. 
But where are they today? Say, a miracle happened in their marriage. A miracle occurred that now the one that said, I, I don't even care if God visited me, I will not. I will not, God, right there together now. That's God's power. Say, God's power. In operation. In an impossible situation. Say, that's a miracle. It is a miracle. It takes God's power to do that. I, I was in here praying, and I said to, to God, and I told Anna after, why should anything change for us now? All my life, naturally, things weren't easy. Your life might have been that way, too. I needed a miracle to have Danielle in the earth. I lost how many children? Three children. I had to put, almost put a tombstone on one of them. Couldn't have kids. And I met a couple named Chris and Margaret Colby. And I just gave my heart to Jesus and didn't understand nothing about God. Nothing about the kingdom. But all you have to do is receive him. Say receive him. You might start innocently and half blind. But all you had to say was yes to Jesus. And then he begins to lead you. And he led me. To, this couple came and, and they saw Anna lose another child. And they said, we're going to believe God. Say believe God. See, listen, I, I've tried to work with young men all the time. I love young men that are honest. Say honest. Just like Nathaniel. Nathaniel was an honest man. The Bible says Nathaniel was a man without guile. No pretense. No games. Period. And that's okay. Tell your neighbor that's okay. And it's a great thing to be honest. And sometimes in my own life I've been that guy and, and I'm a realist if I wasn't a Christian only. You know what I mean? I would just be real. These are the facts. That's real. Let's just deal with it. These are what they're saying. This is a realist. It, it's what is. Say it's what is. But somewhere, men of God, you've got to step out of being a realist into a son of God and use faith with God. Because what is, I, anybody can say what is. Well, Arthur's struggling with this. That is that. That is that. I'm just going to be honest, right? But it takes faith that's not seeing something to lay hold of something until that changes for a person. And that takes a risk. And some people are afraid. But all God's requiring you is just to believe his words and say his words. Just believe his words. So you're going to go from being a Nathaniel to, to being an Abraham. You're going to start believing something. You've got to believe his words. Yeah, you say, well, I don't know. I don't see it. Of course you don't see it. You've got to believe it first, and then you're going to see it. That's how you got right with Jesus. You never saw him. You never saw him, but something happened in your heart, and you said, I believe in you. And something happened in you. Say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm an honest man. I'm a Nathaniel. I'm a realist. I say what is. And listen, shift with me here. Faith isn't just going, okay, I'm a realist. This is what is. And nor is it twice a part of your soul. Okay, I'll deny that and I'll just think positive. Optimism is not faith. I got people all the time, they say, you know, they'll say, well, how's, how's Anna? I say, well, we're believing God, and he's doing, showing himself strong in her life, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We believe that Jesus said when he was on the earth, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. We believe we receive a complete healing in her body, a miracle of healing in her body, right? And they'll say, well, we're just going to think positive. I say, good luck. You're not helping us a lick. <laughs> positive thinking has no power. It's faith of the heart and a substance that God moves on. So I'm not saying, hey, this is what is. Okay, I see what is. How do I change what is into what isn't and what needs to be? Say believing. Believing his word. Say his word. That's what God's requiring. Amen? So I'm going to tell you of his power. Right here we go. Verse 6. Uh, verse 4. 
on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, say works, I will meditate. Men shall speak of your power and awesome acts. And I will tell of your greatness. Say, I'll tell of your greatness. I will tell of your greatness. Every one of you in here, if you know Jesus, you've got a story somewhere. You've got something to say somewhere. You, the biggest miracle that you could ever experience is being born again. It's coming out of darkness into light. That's a miracle. Every one of you that have received Jesus have that beginning of miracle. Amen? And then miracles continue with God. And we live by them. You know, some people say, well, I don't need to live by miracles. I don't know about you, but I have. I've had to live by miracles. And like I told you, that couple came alongside. I probably wouldn't have had a child to this day. See, because I don't believe God just comes around and touches you with a wand. You could change some destinies by believing what he said. And that couple believed for Danielle to be born. I bet you're happy about that. You better thank God. Say, I'm a man of faith. I got a treasure right here. Amen? And because they believed, I didn't know anything. I, I was brand new. I don't know nothing. I, I, was, I was that cerebral guy. I stood in the back of that church holding those pews and saying, what's going on here? But I knew God sent me there. Say, sent me there. And that's all you got to know. And I was sent there. I don't know. I don't even know what, how to work faith. I'm struggling believing that I'm saved. Then. <laughs> I want you to know that. It's a long way. Then. And then they come along and say, we're going to do something in faith. And we go like, Okay. Because I had a, you know, my mind was bigger than my spirit and everything I thought was cerebral. I could figure it out, reason it out, but I'm telling you today, you can't. You can't, your mind is ordained by God to aid your spirit. It's not made to grasp God. It can't. It's just not big enough. It just can't do it. And that's why the apostle Paul said, you want some eternal things? Lay hold of. What do you lay hold of with your heart? Grasp with your heart. Sense with your heart. Apprehend, Right? That's by the spirit in your heart. You're, say, I'm a spirit. I got a soul, which is a mind. I got that. Everybody knows that the day they received Jesus. That's, I was telling Arthur, there's a group of people that came out of some struggles, and now they're going over everything. Is it really true that we're spirit and soul? Man, you don't, I knew that on day one. When I got born again, Jesus saved me, and all, all hell breaks loose. says, you're not right with God. You're not. Of course I know there's a soul and a spirit. <laughs> Anybody knows that by experience. You don't need a theology, a doctorate, none of that. You know that by experience. Say by experience. Amen? Yeah, it is. It's real. So, miracles. Say, say with me. A miracle is the power of God in operation in my impossible situation. If you can't have kids like I couldn't have them, I got them now. See, people say, well, it just didn't work. Or maybe you're speculating, Craig. Three dead little bodies, and I'm speculating until those people prayed. Well, that's just a coincidence. I don't believe that. I probably would have never saw that kid. And we believed for that. With as weak as we were in our little new Christian journey of faith, I believed for a brown-eyed little girl. He said, well, don't you want a boy? Nah, boys give you headaches. <laughs> give me that brown-eyed little girl. And that's what I asked for when they said and they prayed. And, and when my, my faith was so little and shaky and falling apart, theirs wasn't. When Anna started spotting or bleeding, they said, stand still. We're going to stand still, and we're going to keep praying, and we're going to keep standing. And it, it was all foreign to me. But look who's here. Look who's here. Look who's here. Danielle. God is my judge. That's why we named her that. We were going to name her Monique, but that was too French. And the French, they don't help America at all. <laughs> they're, no, they're no use except for cooking things with butter. Now, that, I like a French guy then, right? 
But that's faith. Say faith. A miracle. Every single thing. Some people say, well, you know what? Why is it so hard for you? I don't know. But I know that God provides a way. It's a miracle. A power of God in operation that, that I had a, a bill that was $780,000 that was paid in full two weeks ago. Tell me that's not a miracle. Huh? That's a miracle. So I'm telling of that. I'm telling this. I want you to get it because I believe as we were praying last night that God's releasing miracles in this house. Because some of you have been stuck in high center and you just simply need a miracle. You say, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to mend this. I don't know how to fix this. I need a miracle, God. I'm believing you for a miracle. Amen? His power and operation in an impossible situation. And I'm telling you that to build your faith today with this. I didn't plan all this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts. I'm going to tell you, some people say, hey, um, you live in this neighbor, you live in this house. I, the Bible says, Isaiah, come unto me, all that you are hungry, and I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to cause you to buy, have, buy, have houses. How's it going? Houses without no money. I got a house with no money. That house was given to me by a man of God. Gave me the house. I didn't pay a dime for it. Probably didn't have a dime for it anyway. Say, that's a miracle. I'm functioning in a gym that's a net to catch men, to catch women. I want to catch them for God. I don't care about the gym and the workout. I want them to come to God. I want them to, of course, I want them to look good too. Don't get me wrong. Here, here's a specimen right back here if you want to know. And all of you that want to come to Craig's Gym, come today. One bicep pose. There we go. There it is. Come today and you too can look like that. He walks. He talks. He crawls on his belly like a reptile. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come to Craig's Gym. Come on, double bicep pose. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's just a plug, right? But I want—I mean, I enjoy fitness. Don't get me wrong, but ultimately, I want—I want men to come to God. I want people to come to God. I want it to be a net for God. Catch men. Let men be taught. Let them be caught. Let them become a part of the house of God. I still believe in the vision of God, the house of God. I don't care. Some of my friends, they forgot the vision of God, and they went. They end up not even, they're called men, and they're not even serving in the house of God. They were called to serve in the house of God, and now they're just out trying to make money and not make a difference. I know those men. See, that's why this is up here. Where are those men? They're dried out. They're dead bones. They're not living. They're not in their vocation. They're not in their calling. And I'm calling for them, for God. Can these bones live? I said, Lord, you know. It's been five years with this guy, ten years with this guy. Lord, you know. And then he says, prophesy those. Speak my word to those. Breathe life on those. Call for those. That's what we're doing here. Amen? I still believe in the vision of God, the house of God. Say the house of God. Say, it's his house. See, listen, when I was in 1980, I knew that I was the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I used to say that, and, and they educated me that way. Say, Craig, you are the church. I am. I'm a part of the church. But I'm not a, the house of God. That's impossible. I am a, a soldier in the army of God, but I'm not the army of God. You might think so. I mean, come on. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not the army. It takes people. Are you hearing what I say? And I still believe in the dream of God's house. It's the house of God. And that's what we're prophesying for. And when we got a burden, we got a burden for Jesus' name. We're exalting it, but we're calling for the house of God to be built. For men and women to find that. This guy called me the other day and he said, I listened to the webcast. And Craig, remember you were telling me, this, this is a leader. And he said, remember you were telling me there's a stronger grace, a stronger anointing, more of a greater presence in the corporate. Yeah, I said, that's pretty much why I stayed with it. 
Because one, it's the vision of God. Two, that's where God shows up on a greater scale. That's where equipping gifts happen. Listen, that's where my in-laws came instead of seeing, isn't this Danielle, Craig's daughter and Anna's daughter? And they see the treasure as a song begins to unfold. They see a treasure, a supernatural endowment, the Bible says, of God that touches their heart and moves them for all eternity. Say, in the house of God. That only happens in the house of God. I'm not talking about religious institutions where everybody sings kumbaya and they sit there just enough to appease their conscience. I'm talking about a living Jesus where you're alive and you come into your destiny and your DNA and your gift in God and you function in the house of God. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I want to catch men. I want to bring them into their destiny. Let them function. So God's glory is seen in a society. Not through one man. Say not through one man. But a many-membered man, a body of Christ, the house of God. That's the burden of God for my heart. Though I have other men that I know, and they, they just lost the vision. And they say, it doesn't, it must not be. I can't see Zion here. I don't see it anymore. I think I'll just go to church and do the work of a believer. No, I'm calling for you. Be that man that God called you to be. Don't just sit there and go to church and act like a believer. You're called to something. I want you in that calling, in that functioning. Breathe on them. Huh? Yeah, don't get scared. Danielle said, Dad, you bring the scariest pictures. That, this picture is Ezekiel prophesying to dead and dry bones. You know any in your life? I'm, I'm calling for them by name. They're, whether they're 10 years dead, when I know that what God called them to do, and it says that they're dry, say, first of all, it says that they're in a valley. Say a valley. A shallow valley, it says. Some of you need to pray for them to get out of that valley. Some of you have backslidden husbands, whatever relationships, and they're in a valley. And the valley is called indecision. They don't know, should I, should I not? Should I serve God, should I not? Should I keep getting wiped out, snocker drunk, or maybe I should not? Should I get out of the valley of indecision? If God is God, serve him. Go to them. Tell them, it's time for you. I'm breathing on you. We need you in the body of Christ. Come alive again. Amen? That's what you're doing. And you're telling them that. They're in a valley. So get them out of that valley. The next thing he said is it was dead. They were dead. Say dead. Dead people need your help. We were all dead once in trespasses and sins. We were dead. That's what Paul said. We weren't just nice people or evil people. We were dead people. Amen? We were dead people. That's what the Bible says. We weren't just moral and ethical. We needed to be born again and have the life of God in us. So they were dead. Breathe on the dead. They were dry. Look at it. Look how this looks. Especially this creepy little picture. I don't know. Donnie, is he trying to bench press? I don't know. What's this guy doing right here? But they need help. And and the help that he sent, and I told you last week in Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live? And then you say, I don't know, God. I told that to a guy the other day. He said, can these? I go, I don't know. I just say I don't know anymore. Can they? I don't know, but you know, Lord. And then he tells you what to do. Take the word of God. Say the word. All scripture, Timothy says, is inspired by God. Say inspired. It's not just a dead letter. It's, it came by inspiration. Though there were human authors that wrote it, the God of the universe inspired it. And it has life in it if you look at it long enough. And you begin to drink from that water. Amen? So you're giving them the word. Say, I'm giving them the word. Say it like you mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. He said it. Thank you. He throws his hand. I'm glad. He supported that. Thank you. Amen? 
So you give them the word, and he says that word has breath, and that breath will cause them to live and stand up on their feet, and eventually they'll become that army. That's what Ezekiel said. Say, I still believe in the house of God. See, I am. Say, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, know ye not, 1 Corinthians 6, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Know ye not that you house the God of the universe in you. Don't you know, Paul said. And he told them that in Corinthians so they would quit being in crazy sexual perversions and addictions. You read your Bible. Say, what, does it say that in my Bible? Yes, it does. You read it. That guy was sleeping with some, his own mother's something. And he said, don't you know you're a temple of God? You don't do that. The life of God in you will say no to that. And then he told them, why are you guys in courtrooms arguing about yourself? This guy owes me this much, and that one owes me that much. Don't you know you're going to judge angels because you are temples? Say, I'm a temple of God. Christ lives in me. He's the hope of glory, right? Say, I'm a temple, but I am not the house of God. His house shall be built. Amen? Don't you know in Exodus chapter 12, verse 22, it says that, of the Passover lamb Jesus it says on the day of the Passover they were to dip this brush and apply this blood say apply the blood over the doorpost over the doorpost over the doorpost of the over the doorpost of the he was saying it then Old Testament concealed New Testament revealed the house of God listen any man any woman of God that if you seek God I want you to say this with me. Say, David was a man. Say, period, for a second. Say, David was a man. That guy's a man, right? Not effeminate. He's a man. Say, a man. Then it goes on. That followed after the heart of God. A man after God's own heart. Say, after his heart. So men follow God's heart. They asked for God's heart. David was a man that said, I want your heart. I'm seeking after you. Early in the morning will I seek you. I'm crying out to you. David, I'm a man. And that man, I'm seeking after God. And that man found the heart of God after his own heart. Say, after his own heart. Then he has the heart of God. And every action that he does is because of the heart of God in him. How he handles Saul's authority, he's not just a nice guy. It's because of of God in him. How he stands up for a cause like you and I should When nations are saying, no way, we don't want the Lord and His Christ, we say, too bad, He is Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what made Him stand up. Is there not a cause? Yeah, there's a cause. There's a giant. Well, it makes me scared. Well, He said, no, I've been seeking after God's heart, and His heart's telling me, stand up for something. Amen? After His heart. Say, after His heart. But you look at the progression in David, and it's going to happen to you or me. If we're seekers of God, we're going to get His heart. His nature's going to work in us. We're going to handle life with success, but then we're going to take a burden, say a burden, for the house of God. David said, I want to build your house. I want to come to the house of God. I want to be in your house. That burden was in his heart. Say it still exists. Say it's part of the heavenly vision. Say I'm not letting go of the heavenly vision of of an army standing up of a many-membered body living in the house of God. When they said unto me, come into my house, I'm going to your house. See, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to experience the greater glory outside the house of God. You're not going to, see, I don't talk to you like this one-on-one. I don't function in a grace like this. I don't, I don't preach to you one-on-one. I talk to you. Say, you know, hey, what's going on in my life, man? You, you know, God will do this. God will do that. But when you're in the house of God, it's all turned up. There's gifts of God. Say gifts of God. There's things that happen to build his people. And that's what the church is made for. 
So I, you gotta, you got to get planted in that house. I tell these guys, get planted in the house. Flourish. Didn't you see the prayer of David? We got women. How's it go? Daughters will flourish like this. Sons will flourish like that. In the house of God. Say the house of God. And I'm talking about assembling, right? Don't, don't get caught up in, I, I just go to church, right? No, don't get caught up in that. I'm talking about the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Don't forsake that heavenly vision. It's still the heart of God. I don't care that. I, I, and call for those people, those men that you know, people that you used to serve with, that ran together, that were joined to you. Because you're to be connected. Say connected. Ezekiel, there, there's four connections in the Bible. There's one, as Paul said, to be joined to the head. Say joined to the head. Joined to Jesus Christ as head. But that's not it. You don't just stay out there. Joined to the head. I know people that have stayed out there, and it's on, almost on their 20th, 30th year, and they're dead. The last thing they kind of remember is that, oh, man, I remember when I went to church one time, and I got this man of God equipped or prophesied to me this. But they're dried up. They need to come back to the house of God. Amen? It's the greater vision. Say the greater vision. I know people that say, well, I don't, I don't need to go to church. I, I, you know, I am the church. And I watch them keep slamming them down and keep getting divorces. Oh, yeah, that's just wonderful. Your life is representing Jesus so nice. You need to come into the house of God. Be accountable. Grow up. Be equipped. Amen? Amen. That's what's, what's reality. That's what happens. That's the only reason that I still stayed in it was that. And you need men and women to speak into your life. I never, day one, I remember Chris Colby speaking in my life, Robert Bauman, other people. I didn't know what was going on. They spoke into my life. They spoke words of spirit and life. They helped identify who I really was and already was before the foundation of the world. They said, yeah, you're that guy. And I go, I kind of thought so, but I'm scared and I'm a little bit shy. No, you're that guy. And over and over, men speak into your life until you learn how to hear God speak into your life directly. And then he confirms it. Say confirms it. And you grow in your destiny and calling. Amen? Say the house of God. Look at Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He causes me to, what, walk beside still waters in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I think it goes, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. And then he says something like, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I don't know if I got the right order. All the days of my life, and I, and I will dwell, say dwell, in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord. It's, it's his house, amen? And I look forward to people beginning to awaken to his house. Because if you stick around long enough, he's going to give you that identity of who you are. I had a young guy, he said, man, I, I know I'm right with God now. I know that. I got this miracle happening in my life, but I want to know who I am. I want to know what I do. I want to know who Christ is in me. I want to know my part. I tell him, stick around because you're going to find it in the house of God. Are you listening to me? Everybody has a destiny. Put your hand over your heart. God DNA'd you with a calling, more than just to make money, but to make a difference. He's ordained you from the foundation of the world and called you to be a whatever it is. I like it that we got two of these uh, ministers of righteousness, the Bible says. In Romans chapter 13, these policemen, it says the Bible says they're ministers of righteousness and they don't use the sword in vain. Easy, don't be pulling it out, guys, easy. They're ordained to that. That's a calling, right? That's a functioning. I like having them around, to be frank and honest with you, man. If somebody comes in here and says, I also like the Lakers, and they try to shoot the preacher, these guys are like, bam! You, ready? you know God, you're about to meet them. Bam! Hurry up, pray this prayer. <laughs> 
That's my part. Their part's like, bam! <laughs> Here, he received Jesus. See ya! <laughs> huh? <laughs> Makes me feel good. I can say all kinds of stuff now. <laughs> Just kidding. The house of God. Say the house of God. Yeah, it's, it's God's passion. It's his heart. And everybody you talk to, I pray to God that this is imparted to you to say, listen, I'm telling you, come to God's house. When, when people were backslidden, it said that they came to the house. When the prodigal son came, where did he come back to? To the father's house. And there's a place in the house for them. We're, we're talking about the real thing that gives identity. I don't, I, I don't like the idea that in Daniel chapter 6, that in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar is toying with God's golden vessels. Toying with them. He's playing with them. And God ordained those vessels to be in his house to shine in his house. And, and he, then some of these golden vessels that you might know are in, in a Babylonian institution just hanging around doing nothing, getting tarnished. They need to come out of that house and get a hold of God's house. That's what they're ordained for. Amen? All right. Now, maybe I'll finish this up here. And men shall speak of your power, verse 6, and awesome acts. And I will tell of your greatness and they shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully. Say shout joyfully. Listen, when we start prophesying and breathing on the bones, did it, did it say nothing happened? No, it said there became a noise. You can't be afraid to say something. You can't be afraid to be exuberant in God. I'm not talking about weird and flaky. I'm talking about expressing yourself. God wants to make you that. Don't, see, people get, sometimes they get over, they get over, their paradigms over religious. I understand that when tongues of fire came on those guys, they spoke in another language. But how about this? They were able to articulate with a tongue and communicate with fire from God's heart, and 3,000 people were drawn to Jesus. How about that? How about that part of, of a, a tongue? Say, God, put your hand over your heart. Say, God, I might be shy. I might be quiet. But you've ordained me. To articulate, to communicate, to express your very heart. I'm ordained to do it. I don't have to be a preacher. I just have to be a son or a daughter. Amen? That's the tongue I'm talking about. Glossia. Anna said, you say it wrong. What, how do you say it? Glossolia. See, I don't know what that is, but I say glossia. But it's a tongue, an articulation, an expression. And don't you know, most men that I counsel in marriage, until they, they encounter God, they're horrible at communication. How was your day? <laughs> and then they're like, no, really, how was your day? Don't bother me. You know, I've been in work all day. <laughs> huh? <laughs> don't get nervous. See, you guys start going like, they do like this, like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> say, oh, me. Don't say amen then. Just say, oh, me. I got to learn how to articulate. I met a guy in the gym the other day. And he said, he was asking me questions about something in the gym. And I said, like, I haven't felt really tired until I hit about 52 and I hurt my arm. I, never, I said, I still can do what I used to do, but I don't have the recovery time. And he said, man, uh, I went to the doctor, Craig, and <laughs> he said, uh, I went because my wife told me to. I go, really? And uh, he said, yeah. He goes, I went to the doctor. He says, why are you here? The doctor said, he goes, because my wife told me to. Don't tell me. You're grouchy. You don't talk, and you sit around like you're lazy all the time. He goes, yeah, that's what she says. He goes, I know. Let me, let me check something in your body, a T-boost or whatever. And, you know, and he said, I got, a, I got a little boost. I'm saying, like, I don't know if you need that boost. You might have needed this boost just to make a decision to talk to your wife. 
just to make a decision to communicate. And I saw a guy do this night and day. True story. He, he, he starts communicating with his wife now. And yesterday I was counseling him. And she says, Craig, I wanted him to talk to me, but he never stops now. I said, shh. I told the girl, shh, be quiet. First you wanted him to talk. And she goes, he texts me every 15 minutes. He tells me, I'm going from here to here. I said, shh, leave him alone. He's just being accountable. He's respecting you. Leave him alone. She rolls her eyes, and I'm ready to tell her, don't roll your eyes. You said you wanted this. I did, but I don't want him to call every 15 minutes. Man, he's smothering me. Huh? Is that crazy? You know, you can't, ever, you can't win sometimes. It's like, can we have quail? Can we have some quail, God? Yeah, you got a husband that talks. I don't want quail anymore. Be happy. Say, be happy. You being happy makes Jehovah happy. Huh? Say, I'm a man. If you're a man, if you're not, and especially you guys with beards, say, I'm a man. I am to articulate, communicate, speak to my wife. You see, I went into a seminar now. People, all the men that were up there are happy a second ago. They, they kind of do this thing like, okay, all right. And then later on tonight when they go, hey, hey, honey, uh, what's going on? What? She's going to say, you remember what that guy said? You remember that guy? I'm watching football. I want to get one day off. This is what the guy was counseling. He said his name. I'm not going to say his name. All you want is my name day. I said, your name ended when you said I do. You're a unit now. So if you wanted your day, then you shouldn't have got married. Huh? But listen, on the other side, I got to balance it out. Because there's trust in the relationship, because there's trust in the relationship, Ah, <laughs> because there's trust in the relationship, you go out and do what you do. You have fun because there's trust and a foundation built. He's going out. He's going to go grapple with Craig. Yeah, you trust that, right? Yeah. All right. Well, me too. I do too. He's a good guy. But my shoulder got sore the last time we did it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, bruises too. <laughs> yeah. You can take that off the CD. They're like, what goes on in that church? <laughs> the preachers are grappling and they're all packing weapons? What goes on in that church? <laughs> you guys are in the right place. Hey, just be, be comfortable. <laughs> well, they want to go there? Good, we'll bring them. Do you hear that? All over the airwaves. Come. But here comes a drone. Then it's Obama's face. <laughs> right? It's like... What they say, guns, God. <laughs> I saw it for a second ago. I did. I thought this thing happened. All of a sudden, something came out of it. These these things happened. These ears started manifesting. <laughs> I know that's disrespectful. I'll go back to the I'll go back to the book. Good, Jimmy said good. Don't shout me down when I'm having fun, Jimmy. As my father would say, what, Jim? Why does Jim do that? <laughs> I'm about done, you can tell, right? All right. They shall eagerly, verse 7, utter the memory and the abundant goodness and the shout joyfully. Say shout. shout. Say shout. shout. Hey, say, don't use God's name in vain, right? Right? Use it for what it's ordained. Amen? Before we knew the Lord, we, we, we shouted some names, <laughs> didn't we? Huh? You said, oh, blankety blank. Right? You shouted it, haven't you? All right, so you can shout for God. Amen? Say amen. amen. All right. And they shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. 
Verse 8. And the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all. Say the Lord's good to all. See, that's what that doctor said when he said, hey, this looks pretty good. And I go, thank God. And I didn't go around like a, I just, be authentic and be real. I didn't go, thank you, Jesus. You know, I didn't do that. Oh, glory. I know he's good. Somebody shout amen. I didn't do that. I just said, thank God. Just that little breath, thank God. He goes, yeah. And, he, you know, it, it stretched him. God is good. You can say it, doc. Come on out with that. God is good. And he's, and he's with you. Because according to my belief, you're gone. <laughs> but, yeah, he must be good because you're still here and something's happening. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. That's a, that, I'm talking about God. Say a miracle Amen. is God's power in operation. In my impossible situation. Amen? I'm almost done. And verse 10. And all your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. And your godly ones shall bless you. If you don't bless God, then, it, then you ungodly beast. <laughs> it says in the Bible, the, un, the godly ones, they'll, they'll bless God. Say, I'm blessing God. Your godly ones shall bless you, and they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk say talk of your power say i'm talking say i got a living god a living jesus and and i talk <laughs> tell your neighbor i talk yeah i know and the guys are saying now if you're going to deal with a man deal with a wife because my wife just talks too much <laughs> Yeah, look at that. That was, that was evil almost, Norm. Norm that was evil. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go get him, Craig. Sick him. <laughs> I just touched that for a moment. And I will talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts. Say mighty acts. And the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall, say all who fall, and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due time. I didn't finish telling you the story of the work of God. That gym used to be a coffee house. It was just a dream house. $400 I paid to get in. Two weeks, $50,000 came. Oh, you say, well, the people just like you, Craig, and you're nice. You, gotta, you know better than that. You know better than that. Is that not a miracle of God? It belongs to God, right? Amen? That's a miracle. I'm just trying to remember them all. There's so many, you know, that, and I want you. And if you've got something before I, before I hang up, well, now you know I'm old. Like before I hang up, <laughs> before I stop talking, if you want to testify that that brings faith, a miracle of God, a power of God's power and operation. For a situation that's impossible. I, I, I crashed that, so you know I'm almost done. If you want to do that, we'll just hold it till the next time. But get ready. I want testifying. Don't, don't you remember? That's what God's doing here. We're taking on his burden. Say his burden. Tom's telling me, Craig, I, I, I've been having burdens. And, and see, it's not like a buzzword. That means groanings. He goes, I don't know what. I can feel it inside. I'm groaning. Say groaning. The Bible says in Romans that all creation groans. All creation groans. Say groans. And they're groaning right now, and they're going, Where, what's real? What? I can't stand this leadership. Even the liberal people. I don't even like these guys. What's real? I'm dependent on them. What's real? And it says all creation's groaning. Say groaning. 
inside saying, I don't know what to do. I can't trust this. I don't trust that. I don't know where I fit. They're groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Say, that's me. Say, that's you. Say, that's you. The manifestation of God in your life. Amen. The manifestation of Jesus Christ through your life. Amen. And then he said, the church is groaning for his will for the saints of God and for the image of God to be formed in them. So these people have an answer, right? How about this this week? How about you go, don't eat with a Republican. <laughs> go find a publican and somebody that doesn't know God. Call them up, take them to lunch. How, how about that? You think about that? Can you do that? Some people say, well, I don't know any unbelievers. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, we've got a religious community. Don't get me wrong. And that's a whole different story that we'll get into. But there's still people that don't know God. Take them to lunch. Go to, when you go to the grocery store, don't, don't think about just paying your bill. Talk to them. Danielle tells me, will you shut up? She said, Dad, we want to go to the grocery store. You're going to stay there all doggone day. I said, I can't help it. You've got to do this. This is what we do. You talk to people. How was your day? How are you doing? And, and you know how they're doing. And they start going, when they're, hey, that's easy, right? How are you doing? Well, I know you're not doing good. Can we talk about something, about your life or whatever? They're there. See, they're there. She didn't tell me to shut up. Danielle never tells me to shut up. Oh, who said? Oh, you said she doesn't tell me to shut up? No, she doesn't. She's respectful. Don't you see her halo? So how about that, right? Maybe, maybe we do that. And then if you, this next week as we're going through burdens, if you, I'm telling guys all the time, Saturday night, come up here, man. Start praying. Lay hold of the horns of the altar. I'm saying it. Jimmy said, you said it once, and they didn't come. I said, I'm saying it again. They didn't come. I'm saying it again. They didn't come. I'm going to say it again until they come. And they'll lay hold of those altars, and they'll get the burden of God. Of course, while they're doing that, they'll get changes too, right? And so they're calling on God, and we're going to have that happen, and God starts moving. And he already is. I'm telling you, he already is. I know that things may not look any different to the natural eye, but I can tell you the grease, the ease, and communicating with people is like never before. Amen? I, I, I need to shut this down, but I, I'm going to leave you with this. I had a dream the night before last, and I was on a green field. It looked like a, 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 in the dream, I don't dream very much. You know, the, these guys dream. But I dream, and, and when they have color like that, I pay attention. God speaks through dreams. And I was on a field, and it was green, very green, very plush. Say plush. Very rich, very rich. And I was there, and, and it, the lights were in it like a baseball stadium, so bright that I could feel the heat a little bit. And I was out there, and, and I was pretty happy in that green field. And then I looked out there in, in, the, in the shade and on the perimeter. I seen a guy that I haven't seen in 15 years, and his hair was gray, and his beard was gray. And I looked at him, and I go, wow, and I was happy. So that's, that's a miracle, too. I was happy to see him. <laughs> that's a miracle. I was happy to see this guy because in the flesh, because it even happened in my dream. And I go, wow, there he is. And I go, I'm just going to go run over and hug him because he's in darkness. And, he, and he's, a, he's a church leader. And I go, I'm going to go. And I started running towards him happily. And my mind said, why are you running to him? He should be running to you. He's still that guy. He's full of pride. I, just, I don't know why because it's God's dream, right? I, and I'm running. So I go and I, and I go to embrace him, but he's still kind of sheepish and shying away. And then I wake up and I said, man, things in this house, this is a green pasture. Things are getting very green here. Things are very rich here. There's a lot of light here. There's more light than I've ever seen through revelation, through testimonies, and through burdens. There's light here. God just doesn't do that for no reason. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Get ready. Because he gives us green pastures and he gives us light that people could come and eat. Amen?
And I'm going to end this with this. And what I intended on doing is John chapter 9. Maybe you read it this week in John chapter 10. And you look at the two purposes of Jesus with that. First, he opened blind eyes. And they began to see him. And then he drew them out of religion into his gate, unto his uh, shepherd. What do you call it? Sheepfold. Thank you. Look at it with that mindset because that's what's happening. And I've had people even this week saying, I just got kicked out of this church, but I never want to stop following Jesus. Oh, I'm okay with that. Come on in. Follow him. Come down and get, get in his sheepfold. Get over there with that. Not only have your eyes open and bright, not only have that, but get some green food. And let's get real with this thing. Amen? Amen? Stand to your feet. If you got anything out of this, will you give God praise? Thank you. Yes, thank God.